Hey, Jeffrey Masters here. This is LGBTQ&A, where we get to know different members of the LGBTQ community. Today, I'm talking with Mariana Marroquin. Mariana works in legal services and is an anti-violence project manager at the LA LGBT Center. Stay tuned. Mariana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk. So I said that you work at the LA LGBT Center. Can you explain a little bit about what you do there? I named your titles, but what, what do you do? So my job at Los Angeles LGBT Center is uh, to manage a program that deal with uh, members of the LGBTQ community who are dealing with hate crimes, hate incidents, uh, harassment, and discrimination. So it's quite busy over there. Okay, that's a that's a big um, area. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We work with people uh, in Los Angeles area, people from other places that are looking for resources, and people from other uh, parts of the world also. Wow, and is, is that part of the uh, Transgender Economic Empowerment Project? No, actually no. That's a different program. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes clients that are looking for employment, clients that are transgender and looking for employment at the same time, sometimes they're dealing with some kind of discrimination and harassment. So we combine services sometimes. Oh, wow. So, And is that discrimination and harassment uh, in trying to get a job as well as once they have gotten the job? Any kind of discrimination, any kind of, like, what we see with clients is people sometimes when they're, uh, the landlord is not paying attention because they're part of the LGBTQ community, uh, they have a different treatment or someone dealing at the job place, discrimination with the bathroom is when they call us and then we can assist them uh, with legal advice and uh, all the resources also. Wow. And, and do you work directly with the person that's being harassed or like the company or people that are doing It has that? to be the client, definitely. Yeah. Any community member or non-community me- member that needs some guidance, we're there to help. Wow. Wow. Um, I saw you speak at an event at the center and you said something that really stuck with me, which was that for you, uh, what happened at Pulse represented the violence that exists every day for many people. And that really stuck with me because I think that, um, well, will you see it, I guess, as you said. Can you talk a little bit about that? That's correct. I mean, in every opportunity that I have that uh, to talk with community, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the community and I celebrate being myself and I celebrate others. But I always keep in mind that there are many members of our community, especially here in Los Angeles, that are dealing with a lot of discrimination and harassment. And I think keep that, that a big number of our community cannot afford to go to a march, cannot go afford to go to a, to the LGBT center because they're still dealing with acceptance and, and being targeted for being part of the community. Uh, I think it's important for us to keep that in mind and keep working for, for the ones that are left behind. I, I agree because for so many people, Pulse was obviously a horrible event, mm-hmm. but for them it was one thing. Yeah. Whereas, I guess, as you say, you you continually see this. Yeah, I, I this is we see uh, around three hundred and forty something cases a year. So that's a big number for Los Angeles. If we think about the community, I mean, that's a big number of members suffering not only one way of discrimination, uh, different different layers of, of of violence against them. So I I think polls was something horrific and something that we need to talk about. We also need to look back and check who 
next to us is dealing with what, you know, like asking other community members and being like, how are you doing? I mean, we all celebrate who we are and we say like, yeah, it's so nice to be gay, bisexual, transgender. But for some people, they cannot even do that. And I think is that is that is something that we need to keep in mind. So how do you find those people if they're afraid to come to like the center, for example, or to come out like that? We uh, have a big network of uh, other agencies that are not LGBT that keep us in mind when they need to make a referral. So we get a lot of people from uh, from different places like calling and saying, like, I have a client who is dealing with this. Can you help me? My client is transgender. I have a person who uh, we believe is gay, and then this person needs some help. Uh, things like that, that we, we, we keep just, we're not out there. And I, that's why I appreciate that we're here and I, we, I can be able to talk about this because it's, it's nothing that people like to highlight, you know, people say like, oh, here we have services for, uh, for victims of a hate crime. It's something, it's something horrible that people go through, but it's, it's something that difficult to talk also. Yeah. I, I think it's so boring to hear because it, it kind of reminded me of how after the election, mm-hmm. Um, many people of color that I'm friends with were not surprised by Trump's election. And it was all, you know, to like generalize the white people who were shocked. Whereas I think that's sobering to realize because I I was one of the people that was shocked. Whereas, you know, my friends who are people of color were like, no, this is the kind of people that live in our country. Yeah. And we see that. Yeah. Definitely for me, as being as an immigrant woman and uh, growing in a country like Guatemala, when uh, where people don't still have rights, uh, for me it's. Uh, it was like once again, like keep going with the fight, you know, keep going with where I'm coming from and knowing that I coming from a place where I have no rights to now be managing a program. So that's pretty amazing to think. But when I see uh, the results and definitely I was I was sad, but it was something about like I know for a fact that we cannot. Uh, say like we good we have marriage equality and now we can relax that's not true we have to keep working and and keep um paying attention to the people who not even thinking about like ever ever dreaming about getting married or uh you know getting any benefits that other people are are enjoying i I agree i you know um Chelsea Manning was released from prison last month and this is nothing against her at all but they raised so much money to help support her Uh, on the last count it was $175,000 and I can't help but think about all of the people who would benefit from that yeah this is so interesting that you're bringing that because I noticed the campaign and as a transgender woman for me it's so hard sometimes to judge or say what I feel but definitely I was like wow everybody's paying attention to this person and they're raising all this money that's great but when you have clients that I see daily that have no place to go or they're hungry uh, or they're they're homeless and and they don't have a job or or undocumented I feel like Let's raise money for other causes also and make make sure that everybody get that uh, opportunity. Yeah, I was thinking about just all the people who do sex work. Mm-hmm. And many choose to do it. And I want, obviously that's great, but a lot do it because they don't have other options. Yeah. 
And Definitely. I mean, people keep coming from different parts of the world. Even now, in my experience working at the center now, the new trend is, is getting people from Russia, getting people from Ukraine, uh, people immigrating to this country. And, and I'm thinking about, like, well, a big number of Latin America transgender women have to access to, to the sex, uh, sex work. But I'm seeing another big number of people coming from other parts of the world that are struggling also the same way. And I'm thinking like, okay, transgender women go that direction because there are not many resources available for uh, for other people. They're, they con- get connected with community and get, have have other options to do, uh, to survive in this country. Yeah, and, and I think that it's like a great example of that is, um, an, an unfortunate example is all of the trans women of color that are murdered every year. Just a few days ago, the 15th was murdered. Yeah, I think right now it's uh, it's a number 14. Was I think it? that's the number. Oh, um, uh, well, uh, the number is also hard to tell because mm-hmm. we d- many people are misgendered. And so they're added after the fact if we find out. But this, I'm talking about Ebony Morgan. Yeah. Just like a few days ago. And because these women, I remember she was the 14th or 15th, but these women operate um, in so many different identities you know, it's a trans person, it's a woman, it's a person of color, they fall through the cracks. And I think that, you know, non-people of color, white people, we reveal our privilege when that doesn't even cause us to pause. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people, more people are not outraged. Yeah, yeah, because I think we all have our way of giving back to community. Yes. But... I think because we keep, we've been fighting for so long for our rights that sometimes it, we don't take the time to learn who is next to us. And I think that will make us even better because I would like to know about your life. I would like to know about what you've been through. I would like what it was for you to come out or what you're struggling with. But we don't do that very often. We don't have that space where we can just like celebrate actually and seeing more than than the physical, you know. And I think I think that will make the community stronger, especially in this time that we identifying who are our allies because our the opposite is so clear and so in our face, I think it's time to take a step back and holding each other and, and learning about about our lives. I mean, like, we know each other and you had no idea that I was working at the center and all those kind of things. And I'm, like, curious. I'm, like, we should be curious about each other. I agree. About knowing more about where we're coming from and, and what we care about. Yeah. And I... Uh, yeah, it's tricky. I, I also think that in terms of the... The, the hate that many trans women of color are showed and gender non-conforming people in general, it, that it's not an easy solution, but it's an easy beginning. And that begins with just showing them respect. Mm-hmm. And part of that means not killing them, you know, but like literally just respecting people. Whereas I, I'm, I'm equally concerned about the homeless levels in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And yet that is like such a massive issue that I, I personally don't know where to start with that. But um, in terms of trans and gender nonconforming people, just like showing them respect is like something we can do. Creating space in those conversations where we are invited. If we have someone that needs to speak, just take a step back and be like, you talk. Let me hear you. I think that's important. That needs to start happening. Is that something that you always innately knew or did you have to learn that yourself? I you know what? I look at my life and I, I see myself doing this kind of work and I still cannot believe that it's happening because my my expectations were so like everybody's getting killed in my country and now I'm here in this 
country, getting opportunities to be myself, being respected, having a job, having friends who see me and 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 wants to see me uh, successful. I think all that for me is, is still is still not it's not it's hard to believe. So, but I I I I think it's it's um um by looking how many people struggling, I feel like I'm. I'm the lucky one who got in, but there's so many that are there that we need to, we still need to bring to the table and, and having that conversation. For me, it's still hard for me to be in tables and knowing my accent and knowing my limited English, I still feel like I'm not strong enough to say what I feel, but I do have the experience and the chance to be there. So that's why I had to do it. Oh, funny. <laughs> That's funny to me because when I've seen you speak, everyone listens. And you always have a good point. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also read recently, though, that men speak up when they're formulating a point and women speak up when they've already formulated the point. Oh, okay. So you could have already formulated it. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's a different discussion now. <laughs> I, I don't think that you would say this, mm. but I'll say it. I think that you working with people in the center, are, it's a, an amazing uh, visual to see somebody who is trans and an immigrant and who is doing well for them to uh, to sh- like as proof that like there is hope because when you're working there's a lot of issues that, like to overcome I think I think was Laverne Cox who says like I'm the possibility so I am the, I believe that I'm in the possibility of of giving the chance to someone who is coming from horrible things and now I have the chance to have a job. I have the chance that people, when I speak, people actually go like this, kind of like trying to figure out my accent. And I think like, oh, they think it's cute to keep going. <laughs> because um, it, it's been a long process. But definitely I, I, I feel that when I go and do things, it's kind of like this is the opportunity that I get. And this is not only me. Anyone can do something for someone else. It's hard for me to imagine um, being able to give back, not only for the transgender community, but for any other communities. And for me, that's, that's, that's good. I think it's powerful because it shows that, um, that we all need that chance and then we all can do better for others. And I think that's, uh, we need to highlight that part. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When did you move here from Guatemala? I moved to USA in 1998. Wow. Yeah. And and was it why was it unsafe there? Was it unsafe because you were trans? You know, I I went to uh dramatic art school and I graduated. So, uh I that school was very open and they celebrate me who as who I am, who I was. And then I was so androgynous than I was in that time in my country. They they were um killing everybody who doesn't fit the uh, the you know who is male or who is female, so everybody who was in between or doesn't look that way, they were uh, they don't supposed to be allowed to be out there. So it was it was tough, and my family decided that I had to leave. I was I survived a hate crime also. Uh, I don't talk that much about it, but because I'm like, well, if I already survived, it's better to look forward, you know, not looking back at those horrible moments, but just like. I got to keep going. Let's just, let's see what's next and what is out there for me. Wow. So that was the reason why I came to this country. So, um, yeah. And something that is amazing that 18, uh, let's see, almost 20 years after, people are still coming for the same reasons. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And they and we still don't have enough resources to welcome them, enough resources or enough uh, people um, telling them, like, I see you as a human being, um, seeing beyond being an immigrant who is leaving everything behind to, to be themselves. Yeah, because the way we talk about immigrants, documented and undocumented, is really mm-hmm. disgusting in our country right now, especially. And I, I hate to hearing people who are pro-immigrant rights who talk about them as, um, you know, amazingly skilled workers and you're, who are doing jobs we don't want to do. And it's like, these are also real people and like often fleeing unsafe places. I used to work uh, in Huntington Park area. I'm talking about like more than 10 years ago, passing condoms on the streets to the girls working there. And I remember meeting one who was a psychologist and a teacher that were doing sex work and I was just passing condoms there and I was like it was so um it was empowering for them to say like I see you and I know that you went to school and you graduate and I give you the respect that you deserve it doesn't matter what you're doing right now if you're washing dishes or you're working on the streets you're still a human being and you deserve respect and I, I remember that clearly and I was like I let people know that immigrants we bring with a lot of skills and with a lot of passion and with with not taking anything for granted because this is our chance. If you survive being in a country that doesn't respect you in government, that don't give you rights, and then you get the chance to be here, you're going to make it work. And I see that daily. I see clients that come in with fear that they cannot even talk. And then a year after, they come with their cars and they're like, I'm getting my partner, I'm working. And it was because the center or someone like you actually you know, give me that, give me that, uh, guide me. And, and I think that's important for all to know that we can do something for people that keep coming. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do, do you hear echoes of the current administration, how they, they don't talk about immigrants and kindly at all? Do you hear echoes of that? Like when you're working with clients? Uh, I see the fear because on the news, when everybody's talking about immigration, I have clients calling, crying and saying like, what's going to happen with my life? What's going to be about my future? If they send me back to my country, I already transitioned. I already look different. My family don't want to see me over there. So I see that. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm like, after elections, I'm kind of like being so outspoken about resources and being so outspoken about our, the power that we have to help each other. Because we are planning how we're going to fight back, how we're going to resist. But for those that are home, watching the news by themselves and they watch the news about like deportations and all that they don't know what to do they they don't know what's going to happen so that's why it's important to talk about resources and to talk about how we're going to respond to uh, anything that might happen with this administration i agree and and clearly the center is not the only place for resources but it's amazing how many resources the center actually has it's just at the different locations, and there's a homeless shelter for youth, and um, it, it's kind of like, it blew my mind, to be honest. Yeah, but there's still a big need. For example, if we're talking about an immigrant, let's say someone from, let's say, what country? Let's go back to Russia. I, I have a 25-year-old Russian boy, you know, gay, gay, gay guy that... Uh, were able to, he was able to come here to U.S. That person cannot access the shelter. So we have a 25-year-old professional gay guy who that doesn't have a place to go. And that's because he aged out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, it's great that we have resources, but they're not enough. 
so where that that must be so emotionally taxing one to be working people like this and these strong issues but also to on a transactional basis tell someone that you don't have a bed for them that night yeah it must be horrible but but these people that keep coming i remember a client telling me i'd rather to sleep under the 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 freeway than going back to my country because it was not it was not i cannot afford to go back because my family already know that the reason i left it was because i'm gay so to hear that is 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 strong and to knowing that we don't have that many resources. So that's why when I, I get the chance to talk with community, I'm like, let's provide, you know, uh, internships for immigrants. Let's provide jobs. Let's provide a safe, you know, a program where we can share our couch for a couple of nights. That will make a big difference for people that have nothing. Wow. I, I've never heard, I haven't heard about so many Russians coming here yet. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that. In, in your line of work, I imagine you're speaking a lot of Spanish throughout the day with clients. Is that true? Uh, not lately. Oh, really? But I used to more. Used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh. used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to ask, is there like a need for people to speak Russian? Yeah, yeah. We need, we need, we need uh, inter, inter, interpreters. Yeah. And we need, uh, we are starting also another collaboration with um, this place is called Pars to work with Syrians, LGBT. And this is this. It's just in the beginning of conversations. And then we're going to need volunteers that speak Syrian also, that speak Farsi. Wow. So uh, the good thing about what's happening with the government right now is that, as I mentioned, we identify allies. And we're getting stronger talking about what we need and how we're going to make it happen. Yes. So that's that's a good thing that we can say. I, I mean, everything you're talking about are, you know, actions and steps that you guys are taking. Um, for the headlines that people are watching every night in the news. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hearing about, hopefully, about the Chechnya and Russia. They're hearing about Russia. They're hearing about Syrian refugees and, like, undocumented immigrants, like, just blankly. But you guys are actually helping them. Yeah, we're doing the work. And we've been doing the work before the, this elections happened. Yeah. So it's, this it's is, been necessary this before happening. that. Yeah. That's why I'm saying the message of hate for me and for the clients that I deal with are not something new. Wow. What happened with Pulse is something that people face. People, like, it's targeting by who they are. And I think that's that's something that a big part of the community have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the new administration, though, is there something that you are now newly concerned about in terms of your clients? That I, I mean, it's 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 a big concern, definitely, in so many ways. Because in in uh, in, uh, but I'm a positive person. I always see the opportunities and linking people with other ones. So it's. Uh, I try to focus on like working with clients to keep it simple, you know, because everything that I hear right now in different places is 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 shocking and alarming. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of America before you moved here? About just in general, about the United States. Yeah. About, like, yeah. how did you imagine? How did you view it? I was. I was a happy person in my country. I was someone who dreamed about um, making contributions and being myself over there. So I never, I never had that kind of like, ah, this is the place where I'm going to go and be myself. I was forced to come here. And, and, and for me, the way I, I look at that back, I'm like, I see new people coming from Guatemala, Honduras, and I think about them. This is good what we're giving you, but it's going to be a challenge. 
it's gonna be something that you're gonna deal with the rest of your life thinking about like I'm away from my country because my country is not safe so it's kind of um it's kind of like you have that goal in life to say like okay United States is gonna be my my ultimate I think my ultimate would be the place that I can be safe wow I think the saddest part like hearing you say that is that you want to make the the best out of the United States. You want it to be a dreamland, and it's the United States who is like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit. Um, I say talking on on the. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's still it's still tough after twenty years talking about like not be, being away from your country. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. Let's move on. Let, you know, <laughs> I, let's talk about something happy then. Okay. And I want that to be your love of shoes. God. <laughs> <laughs> you said you posted something on social media that I love, which said, "Reinventing myself with style every morning is a gift." Yeah. Definitely, it's, it's a gift. It's something that I, that I enjoy. When I get a new dress, I really is still connecting that moment with the first time I I, I get to wear a dress. Yeah, it's still, I, I look at myself and I feel like, this is me. Nobody's telling me, telling me what to do or what not to do. So it's, um, it's still, it is still like a big, big thing for me. I love that. Do you, do you <laughs> mind sharing the moment you said when you first put on a dress? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember it was a, a Halloween and my mom allowed me to dress as some uh, very popular character uh, in, in Latin America that was La Chilindrina from Mexico and she asked a friend of mine if she can let me wear that dress. And then it was a pretty dress with a lot of lace and, and layers. And I remember I put that dress on and it was it fit perfectly. And I was running. I was like so happy. Wow. So it was a great moment that I, I still feeling every time I put a dress on. It's, it's just nice. It's, it's kind of silly because now I understand what it means being a woman and what kind of woman I actually want to be in the future because I keep reinventing and learning but um it has to do with that moment and it's so personal <laughs> you, you mentioned the kind of woman you wanted to be before you transitioned did did you just want to be a woman and be perceived as a woman or was did you want to be a kind of woman and that's why i'm saying i'm learning about women right now because it was it was like i want to be this kind of woman who always nice and grateful for things and be so proper and now i understand that being a woman it means more than that it means being yourself and means that there are no limits about what you can do and what you cannot do so it's it keeps evolving i think that's a nice way to like frame being a woman because uh, there are constrictions. And so to hear you say there's, you can like do anything you want. Yeah. It's good. And it's good to hear that. Um, you, so you transitioned after you moved to America. Is that right? I always been a very, I was, I was always very feminine. Okay. Always in between an androgynous kind of person. And then I went to art school. So I definitely allow myself to express as an oh, artist. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. But when I came here and, and this is, this is good. I mean, United States was not my ultimate dream, but I will say that this country gave me more than can ever, ever dream. And that's why I feel so committed about giving back because I, when I was in front of the judge in court fighting my case to stay here, I told the judge, 
thank you for giving me the chance to be here legally or having my documents to work over here. And I also want you to know that I know my responsibilities with the country and I'm going to become a U.S. citizen at the end of this year. So it's it's part of like, I really, I mean, this is home. You're becoming a U.S. citizen now, 20 mm-hmm. years later. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Well, well, you. Welcome. I hope we <laughs> do you proud. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I mean, what's, what's, this is. This is where Mariana came yeah. out to life. Wow. Oh, and I was asking about the timeline of your transition because I was wondering, you work at the center with where you're providing resources. Where did you find those resources? Um, I, I Going back to uh, when I was, uh, when I came here, I did not even know the word transgender. Just starting by that. I thought I was like for another planet or something else. And when I came here, I found community through Bienestar Human Services, which is the Latino organization that provides services for the LGBT community, Latino. So I, they asked me if I can volunteer, if I can come over and answer the phone. And I was like, sure, I can play a secretary. I can do that. And since then, I, I, I haven't stopped working for, for the nonprofit sector. Wow. Was it a big moment when you found the word transgender? Uh, it was kind of scary because the the options for someone like me there were so limited and scary, sex work, and, you know, uh, there were no hormones through the doctor unless you have money. So all the black market about, like, in hormones and surgeries for me was kind of scary. It was like, I don't want to do sex work. I don't want to get hormones from the swan meat. So it was, it was a, a, a knowing that that was me, but at the same time, it's like what my future is going to look like. So. Wow. Be- because we use the word coming out for gay and lesbians mm-hmm. as well as for trans people. Whereas when you come out as gay and lesbian, it's kind of like the, it just, when you come out as trans, that's when like the work begins and the journey's there. And that's not the case for gay and lesbian people. Yeah. At the same time is the moment when a lot of things start falling into place and people understand so many things. I think I think the example with my mother, at the moment that we realized what was happening, we oh, that's why we always been so close. Was what that's why we talk about everything with each other, because our energies were in the right place. So yeah, everything is start like falling into place after you transition. It's a scary time. It's still so scary. I, I with with the many women, transgender women that are killed every year, I always think that that person someday can be me, you know? If you're in the right in the wrong place and, and there's someone who uh hates you, that's that's the moment where you know you're you you can be a target. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, California itself has some of the most transgender inclusive laws in the country. Did you, oh, I guess you didn't know you're trans before you moved here, but did mm-hmm. you come to LA for a spe- specific reason? No, my family already uh, immigrated here before me. So that's why LA was the place to be. And I think it's the best place I to love be it. transgender. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. And then I also think that you are an amazing example that you could um, live who you are authentically. You can give back amazingly to the community and you can also keep pursuing your passions and your careers. Um, people might recognize you from Transparent, and you've added other things as well. Uh, so you're still pursuing acting as well. This is this is something that I've, I'm extremely grateful because for me, my ultimate goal in life was being myself. So when I accomplished that, I I I was like, so what is next? So I I it was the moment when I was like, okay. 
what Mariana dreamed about growing up. And, uh, and definitely was acting. I, I love uh, being on stage, and, and that's my career. So now that I, I'm, I'm surviving, I'm, I'm able to dream again and to trying to... I'm having a hard time to set goals, but I'm, I, I love the idea when I'm surrounded by, by other artists. I'm like, yeah, me too. I am an artist, and I'm here. I, I, I have something to say, so it's beautiful. Yeah, you are an artist, and the way you dress as well like, like, exemplifies that. I, I just think that a, I, a lot of people don't understand this, and I used to be one of them, so I'm not like <laughs> disparaging people. But people don't realize that, like you said, your goal is to be yourself, and then you are lucky that you achieve that. And but for many people, their goals are in terms of careers and like lifestyle, and we can take for granted. That we get to be ourselves. Yeah. That's why I'm happy for youth now when they start transitioning so young. Because they can put that in the back and they can focus in school and their dreams and the people that they want to see around. But for me, it was the opposite. For me, it was the opposite. I was like, okay, this is what I want in life. I'm in between. Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be respected? You know, yeah. all those kind of things that you have to figure out first. I agree. Yeah. I don't think non-LGBTQ people realize the amount of mental energy that goes into it to um, to, to not appear gay or to uh, not reveal, you know, your gender, just to stay in the closet. It, it's it takes up a lot of energy. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And it's an everyday thing. Yes. I always tell clients, I always tell clients about being trans. I tell them, like, they're going to be hard days. They're going to be good days. But just remember that you have to go through anyways, you know. And I'm like, they're going to be days that you're going to look in the mirror and trying to find yourself. And it's going to be, like, tough, you know. They're going to be days that you're going to be scared about walking out of from your apartment. But they're also going to be days that you feel so empowered and so grateful to be you, to touch yourself and to to see other people. And people call your name. It's, 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 it's beautiful and it's, it's worth it. I love that. Um, thank you for being here and like being so open with us. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> if people want to find out more about you, should we send them to your Instagram? Your like, what should we send them? Uh, my Facebook. Facebook. I think that would okay. be that would be a good thing to find me and uh, through the center. Also, I right. think is it will be through the uh, Anti Balance Project. If there, you guys want to uh, come and volunteer with us, we're always looking for people to come to volunteer and uh, finding that way to give back to community. I think it's beautiful, and um, they can contact the center. Fantastic, and I believe the website's LA LGBT Center. Dot com, dot org. I think so. Just Google it. You can <laughs> sure. have to find it. And then um, if you want to help out our show, the biggest way you can do that is by leaving a review on iTunes, ringing five stars and leaving a comment there. It'll really help us out. We will be back next week. See you then. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 